Kenichiwa, Minisan. Hello and welcome to Famicast 37, your Famicast for June 2014. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by Mr. Ty Shugart. I discovered the answer to life, the universe, and everything. All this and more on Famicast 37. The answer <laughs> is to get good. Yes, <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, so Matt is not here with us this month. Actually, he recently was back in the States, and I think he just got back to Japan here recently, so... You know, he's just, you know, kind of relaxing and stuff, but uh, next month uh, he should be back on, so uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, this month, you know, obviously in June, <laughs> E3 was kind of a little thing that might have happened. You guys might have heard of it. E3, what's that? <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you pay attention, you know, stay tuned for the rest of the episode, we can tell you a little bit about that. Um, so we're going to touch on that a little bit, and there's some other Japan kind of related stuff that I wanted to tell you guys about, some stuff that you might, you might not know about, but... um. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and uh, get to it after the short musical break with new business. Let's go! All right, and I'll go ahead and kick things off with new business. Um, I've been playing a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, one thing I've been playing, I'm not going to talk about too much because it's definitely not Japan-related, but um, I've been playing a career mode on NBA 2K14 on my PS4, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy like sports games, and they have like, this kind of like RPG mode type of thing. Uh, it's, it's just yeah, a lot of fun for me. Uh, seeing your player, like, you go to press conferences, answer questions, and just all sorts of other goofy stuff like that, and it's just kind of interesting to see, you know, this type of stuff implemented in sports games, and it's actually implemented pretty well, um, but maybe that's for another time. But... Yeah, I, I just suddenly thought of, like, career mode in, like, a WWE game, <laughs> where you have, like, all those in-between segments where you, you make decisions. And... Oh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, dude, it's basically like that. I mean, sometimes wow. it's it's things like, hey, you can choose some kind of a sponsor that wants to, like, highlight your crap, you know, Nike or Adidas or something. Or, you know, you can choose to talk crap about people at a press conference or something. Just be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it's kind of fun. I, I really enjoy that stuff. But um, one thing that uh, this month, actually a couple of weeks ago, um, there's this – and I'm going to talk a little, about this a little bit more in the news, too. There's this thing – that uh, Nintendo's kind of been doing for years and years and years called the Nintendo Game Seminar. And what this is, it's like gives college kids essentially like a chance to work with Nintendo, like internal teams and stuff and, and making their own type of games. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like an internship type of thing. So it runs from like typically like August till about March or so. And um, yeah, so they, they didn't do it for a couple of years. Uh, part of it was because of, you know, it's kind of after the, a uh, big earthquake and stuff, so it, it kind of took a couple years off from it, but 2013, uh, they went ahead and started doing it again, and uh, the games that the students made are actually available for free right now on the Wii U, 
uh, here in Japan. And um, it, it's, it comes through on like this free application. It's just called like the Nintendo 2013 Game Seminar like application. And uh, there are actually like four games for it uh, that are included in the thing. And they're all, you control them, you know, with all different types of stuff with Wii U and Wii Remote Controls and stuff like that. And um, there's one game in particular I'm going to talk about, but I'll go ahead and talk about the other games that are included. Um, there's one game called Hisatsu Center Heroes, and this is made by like the Tokyo one of the Tokyo teams of this uh, of this seminar. And like the thing is, like there's like these different colored like characters, and you're trying to uh, basically take a good photograph of them or something like that. I haven't had a chance to try this out, but um, it looks kind of reminds me of, like Beautiful Joe in terms of like visuals. Cause it's kind of like cartoony cell shaded type of thing yeah and um so yeah it looks looks pretty sweet but um and it's free so i mean the price is right uh <laughs> um one of the other games that came out of osaka there's a game called shima nagame and the thing is it it revolves around this this character named cloud coon and basically you're trying to help him like find crap on this island it's more like you got like a bird's eye view of this island and you're just kind of finding crap to give to this little character and kind of just watching him move around and um yeah i mean the, the thing is that they talked about because they talked about this on neverse and stuff uh tezuka and crap and he's like yeah you're helping him find apples and sticks <laughs> so I, I guess this character likes apples and sticks kind of bizarre but um yeah one of the other games it's called uh sento danchi and it's a game that has you building like some kind of a base to protect like this rocket that is being constructed and then you have like a set amount of time to complete like your kind of like base building like these little walls around the stuff and then usually i think when it hits nighttime that's when like these enemy characters come in and just start tearing up your walls so the, the, the idea is to make sure you have enough walls out there to protect like your ship otherwise you get like a game over i played it just a little bit i think just one round i just totally got my ass kicked they just ripped through my walls and just destroyed my spaceship and just felt like a loser so <laughs> It, it, would you say it feels kind of like a tower defense game? Yeah, that's what I would say. Um, I mean, yeah, that's probably about the closest thing that you can say that this thing is. Um, but like yeah, I said, it, I, I, I want to put some more time into it just to, you know, get a bit of more of a feel for it. But yeah, I think that's pretty accurate saying. Right on. But um, one of the games that I actually played, uh, you know, in, enough of that I think I can form some kind of a general opinion of, it's called uh, Popo Hunter. And I, I didn't even know about this word in Japanese, uh, popo. It's, it's kind of like a, uh, a word that maybe sometimes kids use for pigeons because of the noise like that they oh. make. Like, popo, popo, like that. Right. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, that was kind of an interesting <laughs> title. And the, the idea with this game is that there's the game's like, protagonist. His name's Popoda. And he's trying to find like a pigeon wife. And basically using, like, the Wii Remote Control and, like, the Nunchuck or t two Wii Remotes, you can, like, catch pigeons <laughs> in this game. And, wow. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. And actually, the visual, like, style of this thing is really interesting. It's almost, like, kind of, like, color crayon-y, really, this kind of, this really unique-looking game. And, like, what it, it makes pretty good use of, the gamepad, and you know, like I said, that you could use two Wii remotes if you want to, to do this, or just the nunchuck. And um, so basically, like when you're playing the game, you see like the shadow of yourself, like a human being, 
like shining down, going down on like in like this park, and you see all these pigeons like you know flying around and crap, eating food and stuff. And you have like this little food, you could throw it on the ground using the Wii remote. You kind of just shake it and like press A, and you throw food out there using like the pointer. And then basically you're trying to lure these poor pigeons into your shadow. And uh, when when they get there, then you could look down on like the gamepad. And you could see them like eating like the food like right at your feet because you see like your feet on the gamepad. It's pretty bizarre. And then you try to make it so whenever they're like looking down eating food, you use the Wii remote or, and the nunchuck and just like make a swooping motion to pick them up. And wow, yeah. So it's really yeah, really unique and really interesting. It sounds like the best pigeon pigeon dating sim since Hatofuru Boyfriend. Is that really a thing? That's a real game. <laughs> like, like, Google it right now. Look at the screenshots. Wow, okay. I think I'm going to do this. Yes. All you listeners at home, do that too. Google Hatoful Boyfriend. That's H-A-T-O-F-U-L. It's a real game. And you're about to learn something about Japan. Yeah, I'll you know I'll be I'll put some pictures of this up on the uh, you know on the enhanced version of the podcast too, so you can check out this bizarre, creepy mess. <laughs> <laughs> but you know also um, also flash up some more pictures of uh, Popo Hunter, so you can see that too. Like I said, it's just really unique style. This seems more like what well, it's like anime <laughs> looking like thing or like what like realistic looking birds and like anime characters. Yeah. <laughs> what what of it now hey it's perfectly normal we're in japan so um <laughs> yeah so that's yeah that's pretty cool you know the only thing about purple hunter is it's you know and this is i think this fits in with our theme here too tai about getting good because it's pretty hard i'll tell you yeah um like sometimes when you're throwing in like let's say like the first mission or something outside of like the tutorial stuff you know you have three pigeons they're kind of like roaming around and stuff and if if you're throwing like the food when they're too close they'll just fly away and crap so you kind of got to be you know mindful of that and there's like sparrows that are little tiny guys that you can't really catch them but all they do is just like eat the food that you're trying to throw out to the pigeons so you gotta you know kind of manage that try to get them away from your shadow so that you can lure the other birds and so yeah it's a pretty you know complicated little game for something that's free and that like these students made but yeah, I was really impressed by all the stuff that they used with this. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Yeah, it's it's free. If you any of you guys out there have a Japanese Wii U, you could download it for free and try out all this stuff. And yeah, talk about it with us or something on Twitter. So, um, one other thing, I guess Ty and I can both talk about because I know Ty has been playing this uh, is Mario Kart Eight. Um, so oh, I bought yeah, yeah I, I bought this game last week because I was a little bit poor after my move, but after getting my next paycheck, I was like, hey, cool, I'm back in the game of getting games. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I got some Mario Kart 8, and I've been playing not a lot, but mostly what I've been playing it's been with other people, which has been delightful. Um, yeah, so Ty, like, when did you get it? Or you had it, right? Yeah, I got it on release day. Oh, awesome, awesome. Like, how many hours have you sunk into it so far? Uh, I don't know. Is there a timer? Like, uh, I've clear, the... cleared all the GPs. Like, I've gotten gold on all of them and the mirrors. Nice. And played a decent amount online. Cool, cool. 
Yeah, I, I'm still working my way through like the GP stuff. Um, I've been playing with friends, which is a hell of a lot more fun than doing it by myself and wanting to like you know chuck my controller through my TV or something. Have you been playing online or split screen? I was doing split screen if when I have some friends come over. Um, I was playing last week. I think when I first got it, I played with uh, one of our Australian correspondents, Nick Bray. Yeah, I uh, played a bit with him too. Yeah, and um, so he was actually was great because I hadn't played it at all. And he's like, hey, man, let's just hop on and play. And he was just, like, letting, you know, first I played through, like, all of, like, the basic cups for, like, the stuff that's initially unlocked. And then we just did random, and I started playing with a bunch of cool, crazy stages from the game. And, yeah, man, I'm really, really enjoying it, especially as, like, a game, a multiplayer game. It's freaking amazing. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe I'll talk about my Mario Kart experience then. Yeah, sure, man. Um, I think it's... Well, first of all, it's amazingly pretty. I love the stages, the course design. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of little things that bother me about the game. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you were playing split screen, right? Right. And it only has the horizontal split screen? Yeah, for two. I mean, you know, if you do four players, then... Yeah, if you play... play four players but that that makes zero sense to me mm-hmm. right it, it's insane mm-hmm. why why would you not want a wide field division like who makes this decision <laughs> yeah i see what you're saying it's just uh it, it, it makes it totally unplayable for me hmm. Hmm. uh so yeah i mean three or four players it's fine but mm-hmm. man like i would like rather like play the game like letterboxd like four three and then split screen it like <laughs> horizontally i uh i used to have to do that in like halo two or three or whichever one it was because mm-hmm. it would default like vertical split screen and it's terrible it's like playing with blinders it's like <laughs> like a racing game or a game where you shoot people or in this case both um you, you want that wide field of vision mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so like, I have no idea what the thought process was there. And there's nothing in the options to, like, change this stuff? No. Okay. Well, that's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can understand that. I mean, like I said, personally, I just didn't, I didn't even really think about it. I just played and just like, yeah, who cares? I, you know, I just, I, I've been playing, like, 50cc, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even, I've never played 50 and 100cc. I just, <laughs> I just started on 150 because, you know, I'm a big boy. I, I, well, I want to make it so I could at least, like, you know. Get good. Well, I, I could seem like I'm really good. <laughs> get good. Or if I'm playing with my friends that aren't good, then I'm, like, getting first and they're getting, like, third in 50cc. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a god. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> but um. okay. Um, yeah, actually, I've I've like bulleted list of complaints here. Let's keep okay, going. Yeah. Keep going, man. Um, okay, when you play GP, mm-hmm. and all right, as soon as you cross the finish line, mm-hmm. it places all the opponents like like it ranks them all in their positions right when you cross the line, and not what they actually finish as. Oh. So if you murder someone at the end, like it's not gonna matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, killing your rival at the finish line, it, it it just I don't know. It seems like not a lot of thought went into that. I like I'm pretty sure like the old Mario Karts they they would wait and see. 
to see how everybody placed. Yeah, I'm thinking of, you know, especially like the original, because you can still see like the other carts going around the course, like on that little bottom screen. And yeah. then you can see them coming in like, in, you know, in their order. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I, I haven't played. I've just been playing with other people, so I haven't even been paying attention to that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, it's single player. You could probably just clear it once and be done mm-hmm. with it. But, like, I, I don't know. It just totally rubbed me the wrong way because, I don't know, it it seems, I don't know if it was lazy or they, they did it that way on purpose for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. yeah, and speaking of looking at the mini map, so yeah, no mini map on screen. You you have it on your tablet. Yeah, that's. I tried looking, and then I like ran off, you know, a ledge. <laughs> yeah, and like. Um, all right, all right. Like, help me like reconstruct this scene here. Okay. We're we're the developers, the planners at Nintendo, mm-hmm. and. All right, let's go. Hey, here's this great idea I have. Let's put the mini map on the tablet. Yeah, that's a great idea because we need to make sure we're using this thing in new and exciting ways. Yeah, because that's really exciting and See, useful. What they can do is hang it from the ceiling and then it'll be like a rear view mirror in a car. <laughs> yeah, so. like just play with your hands above your head. Yeah, yeah. I don't see the problem here. Yeah, like. <laughs> I, like i cannot fathom like how this this dot process went down they did not test it i guess maybe they thought it'd be better for casuals but it's not mm-hmm. like nobody likes that no matter how new you are to video games it's just a bad 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 idea hmm. well i mean crap well, if, okay let's say that theoretically you're playing the game and you're just like playing just only on the gamepad i'm not saying that you know, everybody should do that. And hey, the problem's remedied. But I don't know. That could be a, a way to get around that. <laughs> no, the way to get around it is to put the mini map on the screen. Well, of course, there's that too. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying, man. Yeah. I, I, again, that was another thing that I haven't noticed. I, I'm pretty sure you probably play a lot more than I have. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Okay. Next on my bulleted list of complaints, uh, it's not on Xbox Live. <laughs> All right, well, hear me out here. Okay. Like, you know, I pretty much every review has addressed this, but, like, if you see your friend online, you can't send them an in- invite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can, like, send them a message, at least not conveniently. Yeah. It, you, you have to plan and organize everything outside the game. Yeah. Yeah. I you know I, I don't think that's necessarily just a problem of this game. This is yeah, just a it's problem not... of just Nintendo and just how they've kind of made their infrastructure on Wii U. And you know, obviously, as I know you know, and you guys out there listening know too. I mean, the, the Wii U is leaps and bounds ahead of anything that they've ever done in terms of like online. But at the same time, there's still a, a lot of stuff that they could have done. Or yeah, they... it's still leaps mm-hmm. and bounds behind psn and xbl it's... yeah i yeah i mean this stuff it annoys me and i wish that there were easier ways to do this just from the console and not like oh like when i was playing with nick the other day we we just he 
well, I think it was on Twitter. <laughs> he sent me, he said something. And then I sent him a message. I was like, yeah, dude, let's play. And then we got on Skype and we we're talking on Skype, you know, yeah. throughout the whole race. And I mean, that that's fine, I guess. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, it's just kind of like where Nintendo's at. And, you know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, cause they do, it does support voice chat what in the lobbies and stuff. Right. But Maybe I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it does. I I don't think I would want to hear some you know ten year old boy or like fifty year old creepy man screaming at me like for a whole race or something. You know. I would. <laughs> yeah. What's the word? Schadenfreude. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I I mean like yeah, it has like good ish online play great for nintendo yeah um but you know there's a lot of limitations like outside of mario kart like sure um one thing i'm never gonna let go is that like the wii u did not ship with uh ethernet cable support Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know when you you go and you play online with like 12 randoms like it it does cause a little problems like just little bits of desyncing and stuff uh-huh. You can you can hide lag really easily in a racing game, so right. it seems good, especially here in Japan, because mm-hmm. like I've only played like in Japan matches except for our good Australian friend Nick, mm-hmm. and like even then, like I see like a little bit of sketchy movement sometimes. Sure, like it's just like yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like they're skipping, <laughs> kind of right, like warping to another position or something. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and. You know, that's not even on Mario Kart. That's, like, on the Wii U. Yeah. It, yeah, and maybe even just stuff behind that, Nintendo's server stuff, you know, whatever, their online infrastructure that they went through this time, and that's not GameSpy. <laughs> they need to get good. <laughs> yeah. So let, let me ask you a question. Like, so with all of the different parts for the carts, like, yeah. are you into that? Like, do you like that type of stuff like having to customize your card or having that ability is that something that you're into or is this something you hate or don't care um yeah i if you're ready for a lot of words i i I was gonna talk a a little bit about like the the whole design philosophy of the game as i see it okay like okay well first let me talk let's talk about items in the Mm -hmm. game like in previous Mario Karts, for the most part, you could kind of have two items mm-hmm. by dragging them behind you, or in Double Dash, you had two characters. Mm-hmm. And so it seems that in Mario Kart 8, they like super simplified it. You get one item, and if you're dragging an item or you have like a the three shells around you or whatever, that still counts as your one item. Mm-hmm. And like I can see what they're trying to do here, they want to simplify it. and... That's okay, I guess, but I mean, it's not what I've done, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see what they're they're going at. So, I mean, I think that kind of clashes with customizing your cart with, like, a million different parts. Well, not a million. You have, like, let's see. You choose your cart, you choose your character, you choose your tires, and you choose your glider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have like four or five different stats. Like you got your speed, acceleration, your weight, your grip, mm-hmm. and maybe there's another one. Sure. So <laughs> so I don't see why they, they would make that relatively complex. 
when it seems they're trying to super simplify the rest of the game. Sure. Like, um, like I would not have done that. I would have just have like choose your character, choose your cart. Yeah, I, it, that for me it it just seems it's something I don't really want to do is go through all these different little options and see yeah. all these different stats and try to pick the best thing and then. I, I think there are even some stats are like hidden that you don't even see, which is yeah, that's true. Freaking annoying, and that that I yeah. mean that's ridiculous. Um, and like yeah, you know, what what I think they want to happen is like you know you want to see like a a wide variety of cards being used. Sure, but it actually reduces the variety of cards you're going to see used, at least among you know players who got good, right? <laughs> right, because they figured out the best one, or they just looked it up on the internet, or they just copy like a guy they saw online winning all the races <laughs> yeah. and you know it seems like the one that's floating right up to the top is like motorcycle plus heavy character mm-hmm. yeah i like roy he's cool mm-hmm. he has sunglasses i have not unlocked him yet okay so <laughs> yeah like it, it just seems like a lot of wasted effort to have like a very stat oriented cart construction when the rest of the game is really simple yeah. too simple like i i, I think they sh- okay what i would have done is at least two items i i would like to test like being able to bank like like many many items hmm. on your cart because like mm-hmm. okay for me one of the most interesting things about the old mario kart games you know 64 double dash super nintendo mario kart um hmm. is the item management I mean, you know, the the thing that makes the game interesting outside of racing. Mm-hmm. And it, so, well, I guess in that same respect, because, you know, I, I thought when I first heard about that, I was like, oh, man, that's shit. And then I played it. But it, it, it kind of makes you play a little bit differently than what you might have done with like previous Mario Karts, because you're like, well, crap, I have this item. I could use this now. This is okay. You know, the green shell or something. I can try to use this now and hope that I get something better next time or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, I personally think it adds kind of like a different type of, you know, dynamic to the game. I, I, I don't know whether or not for me, it's something that I think is a good thing. I think it's just different. <laughs> right. I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no, dude, I totally understand, you know, the argument with that too, because I mean, yeah, I think everyone was used to that, and I think it would have been, yeah, Jesus, what if you can do, hold more than, you know, one, and then have one, you know, with you too, I mean, that would be freaking crazy. Um, yeah, like, so, then your your item management game becomes, like, very interesting, it, and then that's gonna, like, open up more mind games, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, with the one item, like you you're taking like more like you know educated gambles with your items rather than you know getting good <laughs> <laughs> sure sure okay but yeah so you know overall you know it's a fun game mm-hmm. it, i don't think it lives up to previous mario karts but you know it's fun mm-hmm. did you play mario kart on 3ds nope okay so, yeah, we were talking about that last month, right? And 
Like I, Matt, he played the crap out of it, but I barely played it. I bought it like on launch day. And <clears throat> I'm happy to say that, you know, with this one, it seems for me, it's like a lot of fun. It's kind of like hit me by surprise. Same with the, like the Wii version when that first came out. Cause I wasn't really pumped about it at all. And I kind of bought it on a whim and I was like, yeah, this is actually pretty fun. I'm kind of getting like the same feeling with this. It's especially with like people locally for me, uh, it's just a great time. And you know, like I said, like last month, I just moved to like this new place and I've already had a couple chances to have people come over and, you know, play, you know, games and crap. And it's really cool. I, I really enjoy having some kind of like a party game like that for people to play, you know, when they come over. Right. But. Yeah. Uh, it's a game to play on Wii U. So <laughs> indeed, indeed. If you don't have another system, today, <laughs> you take what you can get. Yeah. Cool. I'll tell you what, Ty. How about we just go ahead and continue on with your new business? Like, just keep on going. Just yeah. Okay. So let's see. I've been playing. Let me look at the list here. Okay. State of Decay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned this game a lot of times before because mm-hmm. it's really fun. And okay, a new DLC came out, Ooh. and like it's a new map, new area, new new gameplay elements. Ooh, really? Yeah. Um, in a game, very much actively tries to kill you, so you have to get good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like again, I'm catching a theme here <laughs> for this month's episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we have the title for the podcast already. <laughs> okay, so I'll recap the game. It's kind of like a free roving. Uh, zombie survival game where you also manage a base. Mm-hmm. It it like thematically, it seems very much like um, the Walking Dead TV show, mm-hmm. where you know you have this group of survivors. They have to manage a base. They have to deal with lots and lots of scavenging. Uh, big groups of zombies. Um, disease, mm-hmm. and let's see, all sorts of rabble rousing at home. So yeah, so the the new DLC is called Lifeline, mm-hmm. and uh, it puts you in the role of some army guys, uh-huh. and you have to manage like like you don't set up your base. You have one. You have one, okay. And you have to return to it periodically because there's going to be regular zombie attacks, mm-hmm. and they're actually like very intense, like. <laughs> You know me, I I got good, and like I, I still lost people sometimes before I really got a handle on some good strategies. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, like um, the regular game, it's it's not that dangerous as long as you play safe. You you probably won't lose many guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the new one, yeah, it's pretty tough. Hmm. It's funny sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. So since you take on the role of some army guys, you can uh, you get some interesting new tools. You can call for drone strikes. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, um, you have uh, access to like lots of uh, rifles and things. So there, there's a bit more gunplay in this one as opposed mm-hmm. to the last one. There's a lot of chopping and beating. <laughs> and this is third person. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just imagine like GTA with zombies. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I finished getting all the achievements in like the original, like well, the DLC, which was pretty hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, okay, so 
there's the there's the base game and then there's breakdown which is the first dlc and it's basically like a more sandboxy version of the original mm-hmm. and you only really have one goal it's to like get an rv and repair it and mm-hmm. then like once you do that you gra- you grab your six best characters and it basically resets the game and turns the difficulty up <laughs> yeah and to get like all the achievements like like there are like special objectives where you unlock a hero like you can unlock one if you like you know kill 50 zombies with explosives mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and there, there's really fun ones that have special abilities and stuff mm-hmm. like you have one guy who if you have him at your base you can call a SWAT team to help you oh wow or there's this amazing hillbilly guy that'll provide sniper cover for you mm-hmm. and say very funny things <laughs> cool but there was one that was amazingly hard to get mm-hmm. and it, and I, I i literally spent like a couple of months like play in real time like just playing <sighs> every now and then trying to get this because mm-hmm. like nobody on the internet seems to know how to do it uh-huh. you what what you have to do is like one of your survivors has to be like critically ill and you have to mercy kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember either we talked about this like in person. I don't remember. Yeah, it I, was yeah. driving me crazy trying to do this, and nobody mm-hmm. online knew how to do it. <laughs> and like the trick is, you have to find survivors, and they can't be playable. Like you have to get them under certain conditions where uh, you just pick up survivors by like having your radio operator try to contact them uh-huh. and you don't find them all the time. And when, when you do find them, you get two and you'll have one that you can play and they'll be like one that's just like a freeloader that doesn't like you. <laughs> and you have to wait around and have bad medical support <laughs> <laughs> until they get sick. Mm-hmm. And then even then it doesn't trigger all the time. Oh God. So, so yeah, but like I figured it out finally and I got it. I got all the achievements. And wow. I got all the achievements in the DLC. And it's really good. Cool. And Microsoft is giving these guys a lot of money to make more video game, as I understand it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So State of Decay. Buy it. It goes on sale a lot on Xbox Live. It's been on sale like two or three times. Mm-hmm. So watch for that. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite games of, like, I guess, technically last year. Mm-hmm. And this year. <laughs> right on alright okay what else have I been playing Ultra Street Fighter 4 ooh yep um the yeah the new content came out for consoles um there were changes from the arcade version so they were basically beta testing it in the arcades mm-hmm. there were a lot of changes actually and some of them were like clearly crazy experiments mm-hmm. like among them was uh, making Dalsim's medium kick hit twice, and if you play, if you played uh, Street Fighter Four, you have to like moves that hit multiple times will like uh, break focus attacks, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a big deal. And that's kind of like you know one of Dalsim's go to pokes, so it's madness. <laughs> <laughs> they, they like like they were trying to make make. Uh, the Hakan matchup with Dalism not terrible, and that, and I think they just gave up. Like it wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> so pick Hakan against Dalism. 
Uh, they added five new characters, mm-hmm. and they were uh, four of them were just copy pasted from Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I remember some dude like did this like on his PC, like uh-huh. it was easy because they run on the same engine basically, and <laughs> you know. Like Street Fighter Cross Tekken, uh, I don't think it met sales expectations. So, like, I feel like this Ultra Street Fighter Four thing is trying to recoup some of the losses or shortfalls from that. Uh huh. And you know that's okay. I mean, it's pretty cheap. It's fifteen bucks. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah. So you get those four characters. You get the new character, Evil Cami. <laughs> well, okay. not not literally. Like it's Decapper. She looks like Cammy. She plays differently. Okay. Yeah. Um. And let's see. It has like all the stages from. Well, not all of them, but a lot of stages from Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So there's a lot of backgrounds now. Huh. In the game. Interesting. That's kind of yeah. Like you said, that's kind of interesting that they would essentially like reuse assets and stuff like that for uh you know that type of thing but i guess you know hey you have this stuff why not yeah yeah it it seems like very much a why not project Mm -hmm. because i mean like you know street fighter 4 like it was pretty well balanced like they didn't i don't don't think they really needed an update but you know why not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh another thing you can do is all right, you know, in Street Fighter 4, well, from Super Street Fighter 4 on, you have two different ultras, mm-hmm. which, which is, you know, like a super move. Mm-hmm. And you, you pick it, like, for each matchup. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of it, like, kind of levels matchups because you can, like, pick a more useful ultra for, you know, your matchups. And that okay. really did help level things out a little from going from vanilla Street Fighter 4 to Super Street Fighter 4. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And so now in this new one, you there's like a third option to have access to both of them. Huh. At, at like the cost of reduced damage. Oh. <laughs> well, just on the ultras, but yeah. Okay. And um you know, a lot of people are saying it was going to be pretty worthless, like nobody's going to pick it because there's there's like an objectively like a best one for every matchup pretty much but you know i i found it's pretty useful in mm-hmm. some matchups like all right um let's get mind gamey here okay all right say you have like a really good ultra that you can use to say you know murder a guy when he throws a fireball uh-huh. you you react you do the ultra and so what happens when you, when you're playing a a decently smart human being? They're gonna not throw fireballs. <laughs> so like you may never actually hit them with it, but it's tremendously useful because it prevents them from playing a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see what I'm getting at here. Yeah. So yeah. if you have two options, you can prevent them from doing two different things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like, I kind of like um, like I play Rufus a lot. He's got. He's you know like the dive kick character. He's fairly aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he has two ultras. He has one that'll you know, I would say like he has a, like a giant tornado kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it'll go through fireballs and it'll pull guys out of the air too. Okay. So they have to be careful about those two things, and like he has another one that he can combo into easily. Okay. So. 
like I can threaten with the tornado during the whole match, maybe not ever use it, but like towards the end of the the round, I can capitalize with a higher damage combo. <laughs> so like even though like the reduced damage, there's reduced damage on both of those options, they're still both really good. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, like even if I don't actually use them. Yeah, it just seems like a yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, it's a deterrent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. There's a thing about fighting games so you can possibly apply to your life. Pro tips. <laughs> All right. Video games. I, I I went on kind of like a achievement per- cherry picking binge earlier this month because if you have 75,000 achievement points, you get like... Christ. <laughs> you, you get like uh, the highest level of uh, rebates on Xbox Live points. Oh, man. You I buy didn't em. even know that was a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can Google up Xbox Live rewards. I think it'll probably take you to the page. Holy crap. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's not huge or anything, but it's a nice little thing. So I was trying to do that before I bought a bunch of stuff, like, you know, Ultra Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. So I kind of bounced all over a bunch of different games. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. I caught up on Wolf Among Us. That's really fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a telltale adventure game. It's exactly like Walking Dead, except it's not zombies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's edgy fairy tales. Yeah, yeah. It's, I remember, I think, it might have been on RFN, whenever, around the, game, around the time the game came out, they were talking about it. It seemed like really cool. It wasn't them, it was connectivity or... Maybe it was some other podcast. I don't know, but yeah, it sounds awesome, man. Yeah, I think I think the first chapter was free for a while. Oh wow! So it kind of hooked some people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was free or really cheap. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I put that. I played uh, some Strider on Xbox One. Oh, cool! Yeah, cool. It, it it was on sale last week, so I got it half price. Oh man, nice. Yeah. So I've only played the first level, but it's fun. I was kind of expecting something a, a little faster and a little more trying to murder me, like Strider 1 and 2, but, you know, it's only the first level. Mm-hmm. It it very much reminded me of Bionic Commando, the remake they did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, stylistically, it's very much like that. Mm-hmm. So it has it has kind of an old-school arcade feel, but it's it looks new and shiny. Yeah, yeah. It's fast-paced. Um, so yeah, that's fun. What else? What else? Oh, uh, of course I'm playing more Killer Instinct. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine that you would not be. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. one of my uh, Japanese pals, a well-known player out here, is going to enter Killer Instinct at Evo Whoa. next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch Evo. Cool. I for- forgot that was coming up. Mm-hmm. I need to make it back one of these years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I now that I mention it, like I have to play a, a lot with him, make sure he's ready. Mm-hmm. Wow, because you know, Killer Instinct is not released here, and sometimes <laughs> it's pretty hard to find matches. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be released in Japan. Uh, there's like a page up and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, a Japanese promo page. Is it going to be you know free too? Yeah, it, be- it, it's it's the same price thing. So okay, okay, rotating free character. <clears throat> Oh, rotating free characters, huh? Okay. Yeah, like every week or every month, like the free character changes. Oh wow, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So you could actually get like every achievement in the game and never pay for anything. Wow, holy crap. That's you you cool. just have to play 
every free character a lot. It'll take a while. <laughs> uh-huh. But you know, you can just buy everything for like twenty bucks. Oh yeah, that's that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll um hold hold off on the the upcoming stuff for Ki until we get to our E three discussion. Okay, cool, man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll wrap it up for me. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to go ahead and actually wrap it up for new business here. All uh, hail video games. Exactly. And uh, we'll, when we come back after the short musical break, we'll bring you some news from here in Japan. All right, so we're going to go ahead and kick off the news with Media Create sales data. This is actually from June 18th to June 22nd, the most recent data available at the time of recording. Uh, in terms of software, number one uh, for that week was the newly released Pokemon Art Academy, uh, about 31,000 units just uh, on the 3DS. Um, you know, I don't know about the U.S., but I know here in Japan this is both a digital and a physical release. Initially, when I read about this, because, you know, these Art Academy games, well, crap, I thought that one of the ones that released earlier on the 3DS was, like, digital only or something, but I don't know. This is available, like, both ways. Um, yeah, again, seems like every month talk a little bit about Yokai Watch. It's back on the top of the, yeah. you know, sales list. Yeah, <laughs> it's very near narrowly missed beating pokemon art academy yeah that's that's crazy and it's up over a million you know here for physical releases and uh, for, for physical software uh, who god knows how many are you know have been sold digitally with this thing and you know like i said there was you know the campaign and this this ongoing campaign where you buy like a 3ds xl here and you can get like a free game with it and at, in may it was you know yokai watch or animal crossing and um yeah, I wonder how many people just picked the game up from that, you know? So this game is in a lot of people's hands. And then the sequel's coming out just in a few days from now, in early July. Yeah, right, that so, gravy train. Yeah, that's what they did. And, you know, hey, good for them. Good for them. Um, yeah, coming in at number three that week was Mario Kart 8, of course, on the Wii U, uh, about 28,000 units. Here, total, it's about 469,000 um, not bad uh, for just a couple of weeks, you know, on the market yeah. here. Um, yeah, number four, a PS3 game. Uh, there was actually, uh, Konami released like a special version of like Winning Eleven 2014 with like, uh, I guess like the, oh God, what the heck, the Japanese, like, you know, World Cup team or something. Right. And there's a version, yeah, there's a version on 3DS too that came out, but I, I don't know how popular you know, soccer simulators are on 3DS, I would imagine, probably not very much so. Um, but, you know, cash in on that World Cup fever. Yeah, it's happening. exactly. I mean, geez, you know, 20,000 units that week, about 123 total. So they're like, hey, got a couple of suckers to buy, like, a game that's, like, a probably a carbon copy of whatever was released a few months ago, just with, like, a couple of, you know, fresh coats of paint. But, hey, you know, whatever. Um yeah, and then coming in at the bottom of the pack in the top for the top five is uh, Persona, Persona Q: Shadow of the Labyrinth. That's the 3DS exclusive Persona game uh, that sold through about eleven thousand, uh, actually about twelve thousand units that week, up to about two hundred thirty uh, here. Not bad. Um, 
considering that well there has been no persona friend or persona uh presence outside of you know sony platforms basically as far as i know uh well i i played persona arena on xbox or on the xbox yeah there it is i'm already wrong <laughs> well this is the first time it's come to a nintendo you know platform so um yeah and this you know i, I think around e3 this was confirmed to be coming out in the west like this fall so you know you guys out there can look forward to something like this um not something that's really in my wheelhouse uh, namely because i'm like well i only have a, you know a certain amount of money <laughs> and this just wasn't one of the ones that are like on the top priority list so you probably won't hear much about this from me but it should be coming to you <laughs> maybe a, a region near you soon enough so um in terms of hardware uh 3ds you know still doing very well uh this particular week about twenty six thousand units um that puts it up to about 15 and a half million a little bit over that for the lifetime the date uh wii u about ten thousand. um not bad not great uh up for lifetime to date that's about you know 1.8 million uh just this year only about 276,000 units have uh been sold through and that's even after mario kart but you know mario kart's one of these games that should hopefully have long legs for Nintendo and maybe, you know, people will continue to buy and like all this type of shit. Who knows? But Yep. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that that pretty much does it for, you know, game sales stuff. Uh, a couple other little bits of news I wanted to touch on before we talk about something kind of a little bit more in depth. Uh the Nintendo you know, I mentioned previously the Nintendo Game Seminar two thousand and thirteen games just came out. Well I don't think I'm going to edit this in time to have you make it so you can meet the deadline for this, but basically 28 people have a chance to sign up for like the new seminar that's for 2014. Uh, the registration is open right now, and like I said, again, this gives gamer or not gamers, uh, students a chance to work with Nintendo, like people at Nintendo directly in making games, and this year's uh, event is being headed by Tezuka and it's going to be focusing on making like 2D games using Unity for Wii U. Um, yeah, so that's be cool and hopefully, you know, next year they'll have like their free application come out or something like that because I'll tell you what, Ty, like the last time they did like one of these things and they released games, they did it on the DS yeah. via like the demo type of thing. Oh, the kiosks? Or... Well, like you can do it like from your Wii. Oh, right, right, from, right, like, right. Yeah, or you can do it from, like, a Nintendo Zone or, you know, like, stuff like that. But the only thing is, it's like, you only have the game on your system as long as you don't turn it off. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was fun because there are four games, and they they were released at, like, they're only available for, like, a limited time. And I, I wrote about, all, I think, all of them. And it was kind of a pain in the ass because I'd be playing one, then it'd be like, okay, I have to, you know, plug in my DS and make sure this thing doesn't just turn off so I can you know, play more and then write about it <laughs> and stuff. So I'm so glad that at least with this new one that just came out that, you know, they, it's just a thing that's just always alive on your system. It's not going to be dead after like a month, you know. Would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, earlier this month, uh, the DS Virtual Console kicked off here on the Wii U, starting with uh, Brain Age. And uh, it, it just kind of out of nowhere, it's not even on like Nintendo's released list like website. It just... I, I'm i pretty sure, yeah, I don't think so. And I, I remember I was just searching, I was just doing like some 
stuff that I do every week, writing up about like Wii U and 3DS, like eShop releases and stuff. And I saw it and I was like, wait, what? And yeah, it was, it's available for free from like the beginning of June until like June 30th. So um, yeah, but you know, I, I did play it a little bit and it's just, you know, using the touchscreen. Cause at the time, I don't think I had my TV turned on. So it's just basically like, you know, a DS, <laughs> you know, and stuff. So yeah, it seemed, seemed pretty cool. I mean, it's brain age. So yeah, right on. Yeah. So hopefully maybe we'll get some more stuff, uh, coming down the pipeline. Also another cool game that released like this month too, uh, Metroid Zero Mission came out on the GBA VC on the Wii U and I bought it. I haven't played it yet, <laughs> but this is a game like I haven't played ever, so I'm kind of looking forward to trying it out and stuff. So yeah, fun. I, I I wouldn't mind getting my hands on something like you know Advance Wars maybe. Oh yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, because like the the one here, it's like one and two combined or something. It's like some kind of special Japan only like release or some crap. Right on. But yeah so the other bit of news that we kind of wanted to talk about is uh you know the Capcom shareholders you know how they removed their takeover defense of uh the company and uh Ty had some i think very strong opinions about this no so, not not like strong well, okay, opinions, but strong, I definitely just... have opinions okay um so yeah Ty, do you want to just maybe go over what this potentially could mean or you know what wh- did you want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, like I, when I saw the the news on NWR and then like read the comments from the forums, I cringed. You got <laughs> you guys should be ashamed. <laughs> oh man! Like, like, um, okay. So for you and me and people that play a lot of video games, like, how could this benefit us? Hmm. Who would be a good buyer? Mm-hmm. And I, I think about like who has the capital, and you know a lot of them are terrible. A couple of them are good. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really, really don't want to see like Capcom get bought by some you know company with their own platform and made to make exclusives. Like you know, like if, if Nintendo bought them, I thought it'd be, I think it'd be pretty terrible. <laughs> because of like you know all the the bitching I did prior about like Wii U online infrastructure, sure. So I mean, you know, Capcom makes a lot of fighting games and they're really good. And the like the Wii U is not a good platform for fighting games for many many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like I I I'm not even gonna name them. They they should sure. be pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, Apple, God forbid. Uh, I don't think that would happen. Well, I mean, I guess it could. Anything could happen, right? But you know who I think would be good? Who's that? Disney. Disney. Yeah. As much as I I think, like, Capcom would not sell out to, like, a foreign company, Mm -hmm. you know, as Japanese companies, like, do not do. (laughs) (laughs) But it'd be be pretty great. Like, you know, they could be under the same roof as Marvel, make a Marvel game whenever they want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Capcom has a good history together with Disney. If you remember, like, the good old Nintendo, Super Nintendo games, all the great Disney games they put out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Disney has let, like, the companies they own be very autonomous. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I would would like to see Disney, like, make an offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know... Or Microsoft. That's my troll (laughs) face. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, you know, one thing that we had talked about in emails, it was James Jones. He brought this 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 up actually, and and I think our story it's pretty tame. It's not like I don't. It it, it kind of just tells you the truth and like the facts. It's not like, man, that means you know this is going to happen or this or that. Yeah, is I mean the blah, truth blah, blah, blah. is probably that nothing exciting is going to happen. Yeah, because basically it's like this this defense that they've had has been something that's uh, what the heck. It's been instituted uh, since like two thousand and eight, and the company board they can still you know vote on like a new plan to basically make it so that another company cannot take this over so that it's like let's say some company actively tried to do this and like all of a sudden the capcom board or capcom's just like you know no 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 whoa 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 shit we're gonna no we're putting this new defense in place so i mean this isn't gonna happen so i mean it could just be some kind of a disagreement about some mundane details that we'll never know about you know um so this might not even be any kind of an issue right you know? But it sure is fun to imagine the, the what could happen in this weirdo industry. Oh, yeah. I think it is too, and you know, I, I think you made a good point. Like, I think if one of the big console guys just bought one of these, you know, bought them out, I, I don't think that would be. I don't. Know, I just wouldn't enjoy that because I like playing Capcom games on like all sorts of different platforms. I don't like just being limited to just one. You know, right? You know, like you know, Phoenix Wright is made for. You know, like GBA DS, yeah, and you know, fighting games are made for you know Xbox and PlayStation. Right, right. Yes, I mean there were. If, it just seems like yeah, if one of these big console manufacturers bought them, it'd just be uh, God. There would just be some games that just would not fit on that platform. You know, right, in some way or another. Yeah, God forbid, like, they're forced to make Kinect games or something. <laughs> Rip and piece rare. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for the news. We'll take another short musical break. Be back. We're going to talk about some E3 stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, so we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Right, and we're back, and yeah, E3 was the thing that happened, you know, this June, uh, lots of, obviously lots of news and uh, information has, you know, come out, not just about Nintendo, but about other, you know, uh, gaming stuff, too, and uh, we're going to kind of talk about some stuff that we were particularly interested in, or stuff that we thought was really awesome about the show, and like I said, it's not limited to, limited to just Nintendo talk, and um, actually Ty is going to go ahead and kick us off with this. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I got what I wanted. Yes, which is? TJ Combo and Killer Instinct. <laughs> right? Like, I wasn't even looking forward to a game. I was looking forward to, like, a tenth of a game. <laughs> and I got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, it and it seems like they teased Cinder as well, so. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Killer Instinct 2, getting eight more characters. Actually, nine, if you count. Shadow Jago getting like a new move set. Oh, okay. Yeah. At least. I, I I have some predictions. Some crazy predictions. Um, so 
I mean, for the long term of Killer Instinct. So I want to see if they come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you want to hear a funny story, sure. The, uh, okay, so I, I, I'm active. I post in this fighting game group in my hometown, mm-hmm. and every now and then I've been having a challenge where I, I send somebody what I call the anime box. Okay. I, I send them a, a bunch of toys and snacks and comics and fun stuff from Japan if they win a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last challenge was whoever made the most money on Salty Bet on Evo. That's like like a, a gambling site with play money. Okay. Where you bet on the matches. <laughs> and that is... It was so much fun. I... I... I I cashed in big like on Injustice and then lost it all in Street Fighter 4. No. <laughs> okay, so uh this year the challenge is to predict as closely as you can uh the characters that will be in the next season of Killer Instinct. Mm-hmm. And also any side predictions you want to make. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I think like 10 people entered and like four people like guess the first character correctly, so it's gonna be pretty intense. Hmm. So, like, I also entered myself because I want to save on shipping. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, my my uh, my far flung prediction is they're gonna like sometime near the end of the season. I think they're gonna put in a guest character for Mortal Kombat. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, because Ken Love and Ed Boon were sending some tweets back and forth mm-hmm. about it. And, you know, I mean, it's happened in the past. They had Kratos in Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Microsoft didn't get an exclusive character. So I think they're going to I think they're gonna go for it this year. Even though they showed Mortal Kombat at Sony's conference. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see Microsoft making a grab. They might want to establish themselves as the fighting game platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Like, because uh, like PS4 is going to get Guilty Gear, and I haven't seen an Xbox uh, really scheduled for that. But, you know, Microsoft came right out the gate with a really good fighting game. Yeah. And, and fight sticks. Yeah, and free you know fighting game is free if you don't want to pay you know you can you don't have to yeah, they, which i think is amazing yeah well well the barrier to entry is still really high like you know yeah, you have to buy yeah. an xbox one <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not cheap yeah well, it's yeah, cheaper yeah. now you don't have to get the connect yeah yeah exactly even like i saw with the you know they just i guess kind of within the past month or two they announced a japanese release and yeah they have the two SKUs, one without you know the connect and one with so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how poorly both of them do here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and, uh, though you get so many free games now like mm-hmm. uh on Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. Like if you have both an Xbox One and a 360, you're getting like at least four free games a month yeah. that you get to I mean, keep forever. Shoot, it's well, you know, PlayStation Plus as long as you're a member, but you know, Jesus. I mean, I have you know PS4, PS3, Vita, and I just can't even keep track of all the stuff that I can possibly even get for free. So I just don't. <laughs> right. Every once in a while, I'll just get on and do it. But yeah. Okay. So yeah, I got what I wanted—a Killer Instinct character. Um. Mm-hmm. So 
some other stuff that got my attention, you know, I, I just mentioned Mortal Kombat 10. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed gameplay. They showed, you know, there was a a trailer like like uh, right before they showed gameplay, and the trailer is actually kind of bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you you know it 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 actually looks it looks pretty much like Mortal Kombat Nine and Injustice. Like it doesn't look like they're doing anything too different. Mm-hmm. So you know, I wasn't actually very impressed, except for the new character they have that looks like Master Blaster from Thunderdome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, anybody that knows me knows like I am one hundred percent behind that character. Mm-hmm. You have like this big hulking guy, and then like a little sidekick. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was watching the Sony conference and I saw that, and I was like, dude, that's bizarre. Yeah, that awesome. that's gonna be a fun character. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. like. You know, Capcom versus SNK two had something like that. They had like Chang and Choi as one character, but I don't think that was like well executed. Like they were not good. Hmm. It, it was basically like just like playing the the big guy with like you know a fireball, <laughs> a little Freddy Krueger fireball. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you know that game might be good, might not. I don't. I think it depends like one hundred percent on like the people who are good at fighting games being brought in to work on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's like, I, I'm convinced that's like the only reason that like anything good happened with MK nine and injustice. Cause you know, I don't think Ed Boone is good at making video games. <laughs> He's good at like scrawling down, like really fun ideas, but you know, so are children, right? <laughs> Did you ever do that when you were a kid? Like, you know, you design a whole video game level on, like, notebook paper. Oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, you're going to laugh and probably make fun of me. My video game idea when I was, like, in junior high or something was to make a game about collecting video games. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, Um, that's, like, Ed Boon's job now. uh And he he has a design team to bring it to fruition. Mm -hmm. So... Like, he, he can make a great game if, like, somebody tells him no. <laughs> so it's like the George Lucas syndrome. Type yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, you summed it up better than I ever could. <laughs> so, Where everybody's just basically kissing his ass, like, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome. All these ideas are great, uh, but they're thinking in their head, but wouldn't most normal people do this? Right, like, <laughs> okay, and this is going to lead into some other stuff at E3, but... Okay, so, you know, like Mortal Kombat 4 through 8, those games were, like, some hot garbage, (laughs) right? And, like, when, like, MK versus DC came out or the the one before that, Armageddon, like, somewhere around there, like, you know, there were top fighting game players in the U.S. saying, hey, we'll help you balance this game for free, please, Like bring it, bring it to Evo, bring it to these shows. We'll give you feedback. And he's like, "No, it's not for you." And it's just like, <laughs> all right. And like since then, like yeah, these other developers who are like, who brought in like top players and they make really good games. Like the more open the development is, the more they show the game, the more they get feedback, the more they test it, the better it is. I mean, that's just how it is very clearly uh-huh. like you know killer instinct turned out really good because they had it playable everywhere 
Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Skullgirls came out really good because you know they have weeklies where you can go play the beta version like in person, or you could uh-huh. like all the way up till it released. And now you can play like the current two of the day beta of new changes anytime you want on Steam. Huh. If you wow. if you own the game, you're in the permanent beta. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah, <laughs> and like you can get on IRC, talk to Mike Z, the designer, and like. <laughs> He'll, he'll tell you like, okay, uh, let's let's experiment with this change. I'll put it up on Steam today, <laughs> and like you can, you can try his mad scientist plans, and you know, it, it that is immensely valuable for creating a really good fighting game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now let let me tell you about a thing Sakurai said at E3 during a mm-hmm. QA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> this is terrible. Okay, so like a top Smash Brothers player asked him, "Hey, we'll cut. We would like to help you try to balance this game for free. Hmm. Please, please invite us." And, and he just like hand waved them off. He hmm. literally said, "Have you ever made a game?" Hmm. And that strikes me as being like, I don't know, incredibly dumb. <laughs> because there's a good chance. Maybe he did. Maybe he made Project M, which was way better than Brawl. <laughs> Lick my balls, Sakurai. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, when I hear things like that, and I, I think about, you know, I guess the position of somebody high up in a company in like Japan or on a project or something. I don't know. This, I mean, it's specifically like Nintendo related stuff. How I just don't see Nintendo letting stuff like that happen as good as as good as it can potentially be to help balance stuff and to just make the you know make the new smash brothers an all around like great game you know well i get to see it as maybe some kind of like arrogance like well you know like you said it's like well shit have you even made a video game it's like do you even lift bro i mean it's basically just like i mean he doesn't have room to talk brawl was not that great (laughs) but anyway yeah like i felt like up until that point like nintendo was actually doing great like Mm-hmm. Like they were showing Smash Brothers, they brought in the guys for the Invitational. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like they were getting involved. Like, like haven't they been taking it to some other events too? Or am I imagining uh, that? It, it's possible. I'm not too sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's another interesting thing to bring up too. I mean, yeah, they did have some of the best Smash Brothers player actually playing, you know, this stuff. So I mean, we, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything about maybe the, those guys can give them some kind of like you know their thoughts about like this or that and maybe you know their thoughts can go into helping balance out stuff uh, and that's possible it like oh. it, it's so valuable like i cannot mm-hmm. under understate it i mean this yeah. isn't like just like good at video games smugness i <laughs> mean like this pays big dividends for like the companies that are doing this sure yeah just... yeah absolutely and i think you know with just the way things are now social media and just ways of just communication i mean it's so much easier now to do stuff like in terms of just communication like man you think like 15 years ago you know talking to somebody in japan when you're in the states i mean that's just a pain in the ass and it's super expensive now it's just as simple as just like hey you can hop on skype and talk to anybody yeah you can get on skype on your phone yeah <laughs> so i don't know yeah i i think a lot of like the walls that might have kept this type of communication between developers and gamers are 
you know, maybe can kind of be broken down. I, I kind of get it because you don't you don't want to listen to everything that maybe gamers are going to try to tell you because right, that's why, we, why we just don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like like you don't listen to riffraff on the internet. You, you get like the proven top players who are sure. good at understanding game design, well, fighting game design and balance, and you know the way things actually work. Because like sure. like. It just does not pay to develop this kind of game in a bubble, right? Right. Because you you need you need second opinions, you need like more rigorous testing than like your regular testing. That's for sure. sure. Yeah, I, you know, I am glad to hear you know with with I think that um, that live uh, that roundtable and stuff that they had. I mean, Sakurai didn't like pussyfoot around the fact like saying stuff with the Wii version. It was like, look. For online, I really highly suggest that you get like a LAN adapter for this thing so you can have like the, you know, the optimal experience and, you know, talking about how they're putting like so much time into trying out like the online to make sure that it's working fine. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. And I mean, I know a lot of people are skeptical. I kind of, I don't really know. Yeah, I I mean, other people have like talked a big game about their net code and and, like not delivered like Ed Boon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I think it's good that he's being, you know, upfront and honest about this stuff and not setting like these ridiculous expectations or even like unintentionally setting ridiculous expectations or something, you know. Yeah, but you know, just that one comment at E3 like uh, it kind of sank my hopes. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Get good. <laughs> so I mean, are you this I guess maybe leading to what I'll talk about too. Are you excited about Smash Brothers on Wii, on Wii U, or 3DS at all? I was. <laughs> now I, I've gone back to skeptical after oh, okay, E3. Okay. Like E3 yeah, was a net negative for yeah, me. I, I I listened to RFN and Johnny. I think Johnny said that he went to like the Smash Brothers Invitational and stuff and watched people play. I still haven't watched any videos of it um, that tournament. I think it'd be kind of fun to watch just to check out, you know, all the stuff. Yeah, but, I mean. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't see any huge surprises. You can see how some things work, and some of them kind of made me raise my eyebrow. (laughs) Not necessarily in a bad way, just like, huh, that's interesting. Uh Uh-huh, okay. So, yeah. I hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Like, if this game is not good, it is just going to be like, we use Tombstone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I honestly don't see how they could make this bad, personally. I can yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I, I didn't think Brawl was like a bad game, but I definitely enjoyed Melee a lot better. Yeah. It might have just been my life situation. I was just in a better place to play with people and stuff. And then obviously you couldn't really play online. I was here and, you know, I didn't have too many friends that came over on a regular basis at the time. So it's it's hard to like play outside of just playing by myself. Right. But... At any rate, speaking of playing by yourself, I think the 3DS version, it seems like, it's, I don't know, it's probably going to be a lot of that. Even though they have online and like other multiplayer modes and stuff, I don't know. I hope, I, I'm probably going to get it when it comes out. It comes out here actually on September 13th. Right. That's before TGS, which is cool, and like a month before it comes out in the West. So I'll probably just buy it just for the hell of it, um, <laughs> just to have, you know, I've, just to smash for this game. Yeah, I probably won't bother. Yeah, it's, I mean, finding game on, you know, 3DS, I, I heard impressions from E3 from, you know, from the NWR staff, and some people, you know, I think it's like a really, like, maybe 
it's a good game, but it's sometimes it's a little bit weird, you know, with zooming out and stuff and some of the stages and crap. But right, like I, we probably talked about this like last month or the month before, like uh-huh. playing portable fighting games. It's kind of yeah. self defeating. Yeah, I mean, you know, Super or yes, yeah, Super Street Fighter Four came out on 3DS at launch, and I bought it. It's fun, but I mean, it's that that form factor is just not conducive for long periods of time to play yeah like among other things like if you want to play yeah. with your friends like they have to they have to own like a lot of equipment like just to be able to play with yeah. you well i mean to, to the 3ds's game that credit actually you could play online and actually it worked pretty well um yeah but, but well that's relative i mean i then again then again dude obviously you know i am not like a fighting game aficionado <laughs> to to the common eye it it, it worked you know? Yeah, it worked. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think playing with your friends is, like, probably the most valuable part of playing fighting games. Sure. And sure. It, it's hard on the 3DS because it hinges on them owning a 3DS and a copy of the game. Whereas yeah. a console fighting game, they don't have to own anything. They just, like, here, come over and play this game with me. Right, right, right. So I guess, um, you know, getting back to E3 stuff, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Smash Brothers, and I'll probably even just double dip and probably get both on 3DS and Wii U. But um, aside from that, like, one game that I saw that I was really excited about, and uh, actually, too, just to preface this, too, I, I, you know, I did watch all of, like, the press conferences, um, except for, I think, I didn't watch EA's or Ubisoft's or something. I, it wasn't loading up for me or whatever. But, yeah, I watched all of Sony's, all of Microsoft's. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, cool stuff that I saw from their, you know, both their ends and stuff. But, um, yeah, Nintendo's just presentation I thought was really top-notch and just, just fun to watch in general. And um, one game that I was particularly excited about was Splatoon, like the third-person shooter thing that's coming out yeah. on Wii U in 2015 and you know I'm a pretty big fan of you know shooters first person third person like that type of stuff and just like in general like third person action games and crap and I'm just so happy that Nintendo they're making this and I was so happy just in general that at the show there were so many games that they showed off that weren't you know new Super Mario Brothers or just something that's just like so like oh man we've already seen this I mean, maybe you can argue to some extent there are some games like that. But I think, you know, in general, we saw a pretty fresh uh, lineup of stuff that unfortunately most of it's not coming out until 2015. But, you know, uh, what I really enjoyed about Splatoon, it's like if this is, and I'm pretty sure that, I'm, I think John Lindemann might have mentioned this too on, you know, RFN, but this is Nintendo's way of making like a shooter. You don't have to be super gritty. You don't have to just have, you know, dude bros and stuff. No, it's just like... Yeah, look at this game. It has colors. Yeah, dude. It is, like, so... The colors, like, pop. It's so, like, colorful and just amazing looking. And, you know, have this interesting mechanic with the squid type of stuff where you can dive into the paint and then, like, you know, launch yourself to other parts of the map, like, pretty much at any time you want. And it's not just about just killing, like, the other guys. It's about just taking territory, which I think is a really interesting concept. And hopefully... Yeah, I don't. You know, personally, I don't know if I want to see like a single player kind of campaign with this. I, I would be fine just seeing this release as some kind of a digital only type of thing, you know, with online multiplayer. I think that could be fun. But this reminds me of a free to play PC shooter I played a few years ago. I cannot remember the name. Mm-hmm. If I find it in the next thirty seconds, I'll tell you. But yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. 
So yeah, I watched like the Nintendo Treehouse, like their video stuff with this, and it just looked great. Just like watching the guys play the matches, you can tell they're you know having a lot of fun. It just looks really enjoyable. Um, yeah, so I can't wait to actually be able to try that out. Um, yeah, so I think for me that that was the big thing at the show that I really liked overall out of everything. I thought Splatoon was just amazing. So. I guess that's going to go ahead and actually wrap us up for our very slight E3 talk. Like I said, I didn't want to talk a ton about this because I know you guys have already gotten an earful about, about this stuff from RFN and from Connectivity. So um, I think we're just going to leave it at that. So, well, I like Sunset Overdrive and Dead Rising, oh, yeah. Super Turbo Alpha, EX Hyper Plus, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. that one's out already. Yeah, 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 yeah. But cool. yeah, going to buy those. Xbox One. Mm hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up. So we'll take a short musical break and we'll come out with the closing of the episode. Hell yeah. Alright, so that's going to go ahead and actually do it for the episode. Uh, before we go, I'll go ahead and give you our Twitter handles. Uh, the one for the Famicast, which you should be following for just to interact with us about stuff with the episode or uh, stuff like that. It's at... Uh, <laughs> I did this last time too. At the Famicast. No spaces, anything like that. So uh, yeah, follow us there. We already have a decent amount of followers. Like I said, it's a lot of fun just to interact with you guys with that. Um, to, uh, if you want to follow me personally, I'm at DannyBiv, it's D-A-N-N-Y-B-I-V, and Ty? I'm Super Cat Drugs. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the winner is you. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Matt is probably going to be back on next month, so you can look forward to that. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you have any comments or... Uh, criticisms, complaints, whatever, uh, feel free to reach us at our Twitter handles, or you can also always email us at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. Also, be sure to, uh, you know, you can post about the stuff in the forums, you know, interact with us there, too. So, yeah, that's going to go ahead and do it for this month. Uh, Ty, thanks so much for being on, man. Get good! <laughs> exactly. And we'll see you guys next month.